Hey guys, you're listening to The Glass House, hosted by LifeWay. We are Ben and Lindley Mandrell, and we have conversations with leaders who have experienced the stress of ministry and have sensed a spotlight on their personal lives. We want to encourage ministry families and provide a glimpse inside their glass house. Welcome to The Glass House. We want to do a special bonus episode for the month of December the perfect gift for church families, for ministry staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you and I have talked about this, Lindley, that uh, this month in particular is full of lots of extra pressures. Mm-hmm. And when we came to Lifeway, that was one of the things that was hugely different is that December is actually a slow month for Lifeway, one of the few slow months, but mm-hmm. it's a very, very busy month for churches. And it was a little bit like whiplash when we got to Lifeway because we were so used to being on adrenaline in December. Mm-hmm. And so we want to do an episode to just talk about some of the unique challenges in the glass house in December. A, if you're on church staff, hopefully this will encourage you, you're not alone. B, if you're listening and you're a part of a church, but you're not on staff, it may give you some insight in a way to encourage those who serve on the staff. So let's talk about, first of all, the unique pressures in the month of December. Right. You want to take the first one? Well, I mean, it's just a lot of extra services and programs. And I think that people sometimes can feel like those just happen without a lot of extra work behind the scenes and that it doesn't require an extra amount of volunteers. And, you know, Christmas Eve services, I mean, really, I say this for both the volunteers and the staff, they require a lot. I mean, I remember at Storyline, we had um, a three, four and five o'clock service. And, you know, there were volunteers on the tech teams and stuff. I mean, they're kind of the unsung heroes that have to be behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And they're there the entire time, which means they're they're willfully choosing to give up time with their own own families. It's hard sometimes because you are you're giving up your Christmas holidays with your family for free. And so, you know, that can add a lot of pressure. There's so many pressures related to those holiday services. How many are we going to have? What if we have one where nobody shows up? And there's seven people there. Mm-hmm. What if we have one where everybody shows up? Should we have overflow? Mm-hmm. Uh, should we send out a mailer? Can we handle more people? Uh, do we have enough volunteers? Uh, should we add a Saturday night service? Mm-hmm. Some people like to come on Saturday. And and you just keep asking all these questions. And then you're always afraid that, it, you know, it's going to totally flop in the most important time of the year. Well, it wasn't Saturday night because you don't know what Christmas is on. But we'd call it our um, Christmas Adam service because Adam came before Eve. And so like on the 23rd, do you add a service for people who are traveling on the 24th? And so there's just tons and tons of decisions around it. And I think I heard recently a lady talk about one of the hard things about being a pastor's wife is that people sometimes don't trust the decisions that we make. And I think what we want to say here is that the decisions that we make around the Christmas holidays, whether it is your preference or not, are really thought through. They're really prayed over. We've used like all the knowledge that we can to make the best possible service times. And so, I mean, maybe have some grace there for your staff when, you know, the service starts at three and you'd prefer it to start at seven. Well, I mean, do remember that a lot of these families have, like for our situation, we were setting up and tearing down. Well, we had a seven o'clock Christmas Eve service. So we go home with children at nine or 9.30 on Christmas Eve and, you know, they're excited for Santa, and and it was just a hard turnaround for us. Totally. So the first thing that happens is we multiply services and we multiply programs. Mm-hmm. The, the second thing is there's a lot of pressure on preachers to preach the lights out at Christmas. Yeah. 
better make this good. Even though it's the 75th time they've heard about the Magi, you better say something about those wise men that opens their eyes to the beauty of the Old Testament. Uh, I always found myself every year feeling guilty. It's not even a good word because we learned about the definition of guilty. That's actually I, would, fear. I was afraid of disappointing people that my Christmas sermon was predictable and boring. Mm-hmm. So you add that pressure on top of everything, and you've got a preacher who feels like, I can't blow it at Christmas time. It's mm-hmm. kind of like that Easter as well. So there's two. A third thing is just Christmas parties. I mean, there's just a whole list here of Christmas parties, which ones to attend, which ones can you not attend. Who gets a Christmas card? Who doesn't get a Christmas card? What staff parties do you attend? I mean, there's just a lot of decisions in there that are going to ultimately hurt someone's feelings. Someone is going to see a Christmas card of your family at a friend's house and think, well, they got one and we didn't get one. But that's it's a hard pressure for the pastor because you want to still send Christmas cards to to the families and the ones you're close to. And so you end up paying a price for it because you get that email that says, hey, I was at so-and-so's house and I noticed they had a card, but we didn't have a card. And, you know, some churches have the budget to send a card to everybody, you know, from their from their pastor, but some don't. I mean, there are little, we've interviewed a lot of little church, small church pastors, and they don't have the budget for cards and stamps and all that. And enter social media, which makes it all harder. You go to one Christmas party and someone posts, posts it on social media, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you now have a frustrated church member because you declined their Christmas party because it didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just creates a lot of pressure. It makes people in the glass house just want to stay home and make hot cocoa. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I think that's a lot of pressure as well. So those are some of the unique challenges in the month of December. Let's talk about practical ideas on how to bless uh, people who serve in a church staff. Um, so I'll go first. Um, I think one of the ways is celebrate their time off. Uh, one of the most difficult things that I found Uh, is that I would take a week off to go and travel and be with my family. And someone would inevitably the next week come up and say, man, you were gone and I brought my brother. And I really wanted him to hear you preach. Right. And I always felt terrible because I can't be there every Sunday, but I want to be. And then I would feel like sad that I wasn't able to meet their expectations. Well, and that ended in a lot of hurt between us and I I know of other families because we have families like Ben has a family. I have a family. And if you if the church expects a Christmas Eve service, then you want to spend some time with them. And so if you have to go two weeks early, three weeks early to spend a weekend with them, well, that means you have to take the weekend off because you can't ask all your family to take off during the weekdays. And so that is just part of the deal when you work on Sundays and everyone else works in the week that at some point you have to be gone. And that can always lead to a lot of pressure because, you know, Ben would say, well, I don't want to be gone because I know so-and-so is bringing in their unchurched friend, but I have a family that we want to visit. Something we started as a church plant that continued once we had our own building was we always took the week after Christmas off. Yeah. We had heard that from another church there in Colorado, and it worked out well for us because when we were in a school— um, we didn't have custodial staff. They they do not want to come in on the weekend there and their holiday breaks, like around New Year's. And so we got the benefit of having that day off, which was so great for your volunteer staff. Like they they get time off, they get a break, and then just for your your ministry staff. And so once we did get a building, we continued with that. And so the Sunday after Christmas, we did not have services. And I would challenge any church to consider that, even with a building, because everybody needs a break every once in a while. And that that's including all kinds of like your 
there are so many people that come into a church during the week that you don't realize it. And so when we have a, when we have a service on Sunday, somebody comes to clean it up. Somebody is coming to restock, you know, envelopes in the back of the pews. There's, there's all kinds of things that you don't think about. And so for those people to have a break too is also really nice. So number one, celebrate their time off and rest. Mm-hmm. What's another one? We love to be invited to things. Um, and we loved it when people were really gracious with us and said it would be such a joy if you could come, but if you can't, we totally understand, and when they meant that. And so that was a really great invite, was when they were proactive in communicating that we care about you, and we love you, and we love your family, so we'd love to see you, but we also understand that you're busy. So it just gave us relief. Like, it, it you know, we didn't feel pressure. And there was no passive-aggressive behavior if we truly couldn't make that party mm-hmm. because a kid was sick or mm-hmm. it was a scheduling problem or whatnot. And I remember a few times a Sunday school class would send us, a, like, a gift basket afterwards and said, we missed you at our party. Yeah. You know, here is something that we were thinking of you. And it meant a lot to us Absolutely. in that. I think another thing that we had talked about that you could do is being a volunteer I mean, a volunteer, especially post-COVID, I mean, I, we have heard from so many people that are having hard times getting volunteers, but around Christmas time, it is especially hard to get volunteers because people are traveling so much on Christmas Eve services. You know, it's hard because people have families in town and they want to be with their families. And so volunteering is, you know, you're you're denying something, your desires for someone else's needs. And so um, if you have the ability to do that, that would be so helpful. It takes an army to pull off December. So anytime someone steps in and says, hey, sign me up, where do you need me? It's just such a blessing. Well, and I think under the theme of grace, I remember several times that we had no knowledge of how people were going to divide and come to different services. And so we'd have these people volunteer in the kids ministry for me specifically, and then we wouldn't have a ton of kids. And so when they would give me grace, of, you know, oh, that's okay, you know, and we'll head on or we'll go to the service. It was so nice for me personally because it was kind of like they weren't upset that they had given up their time. They just were really Mm -hmm. gracious about it, knowing that we just didn't have – you can't make people RSVP. And so it was was a guessing game. Yep. So we've said three things. Uh, We want to encourage their time off. We want to invite but without expectation. Be a volunteer. And then finally I would say this. Overlook programmatic errors – particularly in the month of December. I remember one time I was preaching about a, a character in the Bible. Let's, I think it was Nehemiah. And someone came up after the service just to make sure I knew that I called him Nicodemus. <laughs> and it just irritated me because I was like, man, I just preached three services. I used Nicodemus twice. Was it really worth coming and telling me that? There's no going back and re-preaching it now. Mm-hmm. And I think in the month of December, I was always particularly stressed when people would say that to me because I would feel like uh, there was already extra weight on me and it was heavy. And so when things go wrong in the month of December or services go a little long or short, be extra kind to the church staff. They're doing the best they can. Yeah, I mean, I think that what we had just said is we do not want this to come across as whiny. Um, we we have a good friend who has a Post-it note on his desk that says nobody likes a whiner. And so we are not wanting to sound that way at all. We just want to say that Christmas time for everybody is a really big season. And Christmas time, you know, when you know a family who has the a parent is a doctor and they have to work on Christmas, like we show a lot of grace to those people. Like, goodness, they have to work on Christmas. That's so hard. But your ministry staff has to work on Christmas too. And it's a really busy season. And so 
maybe hold off on that email until January when they've kind of had some time to recover. Maybe be gracious when they have small children because there's a lot of excitement in the home with small children. And then there's a lot of pressure from their church. And so just be extra gracious during that month if possible. There is no better time of the year to invite a non-religious person to church than Christmas. Mm-hmm. People feel a natural desire to be in a spiritual community at Christmas time. Actually, much more so than Easter. Very much so. Mm-hmm. So take all that energy and apply it to your street, your neighbors, your friends who don't know Christ, and, and invite them to a service to sit with you, and maybe God will do something special in their life. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening. Merry Christmas. The Glass House is a production of Lifeway Christian Resources. It's hosted by Ben and Lindley Mandrell, executive produced by Joy Allman, produced and edited by Angie Elkins, original music by Robert Elkins, and graphic design by Cameron Spooner. 